Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in not so sunny, but we need the rain anyway, California, <laughs> Santa Cruz. Hey everyone, this is Liza and yeah, it is raining and it's not just raining, it is like, this is like East Coast raining. Yeah. Like this is like not fucking around. Side, what wind, do we do with all this? There's wind Save and it. stuff, but hey, some of the troopers still came out. Uh, you yeah. got me? Hey, this is Liza running the board. We've got Bagel. There is much wet today. <laughs> there is. <laughs> Barely staying awake. We've got Knock. Hey, what's up, Ding Dongs? Oh, there he is. That's some enthusiasm. <laughs> well, and then you know. we've got Jeremy. What's up, people? Jeremy showed up today. Yeah, I'm bored. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> were you the only one that showed up? You and... Uh, no, well, Charlie um, and Micah came Charlie and Micah were bit. here, yeah. and Henry showed up Road soaking over 17. wet, <laughs> stayed about 45 minutes, and then left. <laughs> I know. And I told Emma, stay at home. It's not worth driving up here in this weather. I mean, this is... Yeah, this is like a New England storm going on out there. Yeah. And, you know, I realized though um oh dude knock over the last like years ever since we've been doing the podcast Mm -hmm. we've had rainy days people still showed up we just put the tent out i cannot remember a sunday that it was this torrential it's pretty bad today it's worse than i've ever seen it actually even when we had all those bad storms two years ago it was on the weekdays yeah yeah there was usually a break even if it rained on the sundays but whatever Um, are we talking about the weather no, but but it's good. It's good. We need the rain. But yeah, yeah, it is rare for us to have weather that we're not out there riding. But hey, Charlie or uh, uh, Henry's doing it for us, I guess. Yeah, someone has to. Shoot, Man. but crotch is wet. <laughs> it's got wet wet taint. But well, speaking of taint, uh-huh. <laughs> we had some fun last weekend. Uh, we didn't record a show because man, we had four days of fun. Um, and it's Yep. started on Saturday with our Taint Miss party. Taint Christmas, Taint New Year's. It was right in between. Mm-hmm. And Jim... <laughs> a Taint Stravaganza? Mm-hmm. Well, Jim made a, a track, a little dirt track in his backyard. Let's just say he rode a track around. He, he kept, Well, did he make it? Was he, was he actually tilling the earth? It? He did. He tilled it? Oh, nice. Okay. Well, and there were bricks <laughs> hidden under the dirt that we came across <laughs> by hitting kickstand Ooh. on bricks. But Ooh, sure. <laughs> Once you wore away the dirt. So um, we made a track for the mini bikes that we bought, and we have gotten our money's worth and and some change back on those things. Yeah. I thought one of them was going to die. Like, I thought it was going to, yeah, it started getting smelling weird. Uh Yeah. Yeah. We thought we killed one, but that's when a Brandon showed up. And I'm like, Brandon! And it had a fuse. Oh, okay. It cracked me up, too, because I see him over there just hitting the side of it with a mallet. I'm like, is that how you fix electric bikes? Okay. I can get into this. Like motivate the electrons a little bit. Yeah. You know? shake, shake yeah. <laughs> Apparently, you can get a carbon buildup on the motor, and all you do is whack it with a dead blow. Well, because oh. it, it it had a smell. I was thinking, like, oh, so these are mini bikes and aromatherapy candles at the oh. same time. You know, there's somebody letting out the magic smoke. Yeah, there's there's certainly it did not smell good when it was uh, exuding gases. The I would kind think. of smell you never want to smell from your computer. No, <laughs> no, this is like high grade magic smoke. Apparently, but um, and Jim's yard is not a big yard. It's no. 
it's just big enough to have this track for the mini bikes and uh, he was he put up some um, plywood and some surfboards where there were trees so you didn't go into the trees <laughs> and I was amazed to see the plywood at the end in that turn actually had tire tracks up the plywood yeah, yeah. somebody went they were up trying the wall, wall rides they also went around the surfboard like into the garden yeah. they're taking the outside line I don't know um, I have to say though we had, we had a lot of good races it was a lot of fun I predicted blood there wasn't any yeah but the moment that i was sitting there you know when you're like you just you're feeling like a moment and you take it all in and you just completely like you're you're remembering this moment because you couldn't be any happier at that moment (laughs) you got a low bar man (laughs) no it was when um i forget who was racing but i think it was mike was uh, on a mini bike in a the hot pink gimp mask. Uh, that's yeah. right. Yep. Yep. And then I think uh, Jim was in a. Well, there was a bald eagle. A bald, uh, bald eagle, eagle mask. mask. Yeah, you couldn't see either. Like there was like the smallest visions. You, you just couldn't see. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> and you had the party people and a fire pit and some uh, torches going, hanging out in the middle, just talking, eating food, and then the two idiots in masks just circling them on mini bikes. <laughs> and I was just like, I couldn't be happy right now yeah. like this is a pure misfit moment <laughs> so we had a lot of fun at that yeah um, yeah did ever did you all ride you rode bagel yep yep that took a couple laps <clears throat> i think yeah J- jeremy you were on it yeah you, i was on, on the little electric ones a lot yeah and the that thing fun. that i love whenever anyone rides the mini bikes you get the the mini bike grin <laughs> <laughs> you just grin like an idiot i kept making murder noises <laughs> remember the the floor Floppy exhaust, yeah. The floppy exhaust. So they they busted out the TTR and it was too loud. You know, it's, it's loud. It's in a neighborhood. So they're like, wait, if you put like an inner tube over it, I've, I've, someone said they yeah, did it before. Yeah, the exhaust. It just it just made it like a different loud. <laughs> like, just changed the tone a bit. Yeah, oh that was that was fun. Um, and we had our friends uh, Jay and Ashley come up from LA yeah. to hang out with us all weekend. Um, but yeah, all the misses were there. We had presents and food. And oh yeah, such white a good elephant. Time. And the white elephant, which is where the gimp mask did come from. (laughs) Um, But then uh, the next day, Sunday, we had garage day, and it was good weather. A lot of people showed up, and we did our usual hanging out, doing stuff. And uh, because we didn't have to record a podcast, we were able to go out to dinner, have some Chinese food, and I always enjoy those times. But then the next day... This is just a cavalcade of crazy fun bullshit here. (laughs) We went dirt biking. Uh Uh-huh. And that was good. And uh, Jim and I took uh, Sonia and Sid and Ashley again. And... um, I took the KLR instead of the DRZ. You, t- you took the KLR? I did. Nice. And you know what? I'm I'm really a lot more comfortable on it. I mean, I was doing... I did everything everyone else did yeah, on did, the KLR. Did you take the trails or would you just... Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Right on. Did you do any like crazy stuff on it? No, I mean, we went to the... like I ca- We call it the playground where you have the teeter-totter and the whoops mm-hmm. and just and sand and stuff like that. I did the whoops. Um, I mean, I can't attack things as aggressively as my, I can on my DRZ, but I just stand up and ride, and I'm actually a lot more comfortable yeah, just track. on it. Um, it is different 
it, you don't hit it as hard, but it's more, it's much more, uh, you pay attention and yeah. pick It's, it's your like path. rock crawling, kind of, instead of just going flat out over stuff. Well, it, even Jim said he was uh, surprised that I was keeping up with the pack. Now, the pack, they're all newer riders. Uh-huh. Uh, so I took the back, but um, no, I kind of, I kind of enjoyed it. There was some funny moments, so... Um, Oh, and I was taking it on the TT track. I did more laps on that thing on the TT track. The TT track is fun on that. Then uh, I've fun. done on my DRZ. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was really getting into the lean and you know working it. I, I feel pretty comfortable. Yeah, that's that's where every time I take I, I'll take a new bike to the TT track and just sort out how it handles and then go to the yeah. Trails. And I was getting a little more comfortable um, trying to. I, that was my thing is I wanted to really work on breaking the rear end loose going into a turn mm-hmm. um, and just getting more comfortable with that. Did you dump it at all? Nope, I didn't. Mm. But um, I'm going to throw uh, Sonia under the bus a bit. <laughs> Sonia was game to try anything, and she's on her new uh, K- KX250, KX uh, just like Jim has. Yeah. And, um, I think it's brand new, too, right? Brand new. And she's one of those that's, that's game. Like, if you're like, hey, who wants to try a jump? <laughs> she's like, okay, I will. It's all right, so, I'm a nurse. <laughs> so, like, okay. So we, we took them on a couple things that were a little bit of a challenge because um, Sid and Ashley are newer riders also, all three of them. So every now and then we wanted to give them something that was a little hard but that they would come away feeling like, hey, I did that, right? Yep. So we went over to the playground and the playground is just an area underneath trees that has an old riverbed and there's a teeter-totter and there's a sand pit and there's all different stuff, right? Mm. And <clears throat> I said, hey, you want to try the teeter-totter? She's like, okay. Now, I'll be honest, I've not done the teeter-totter. <laughs> and uh, I said, it's really easy. All you have to do <laughs> is go slow, but don't go too slow. Yeah. And don't go too fast. If you go too fast, you'll launch. If you go too slow, you'll you'll stop. And fall off. And fall off. You just want to go just right. You know, walking pace, maybe a little bit. And so she was going slow, and she was going up, up, up. And then she gets halfway up, and what does she do? She stops. She no. stops. Don't stop. <clears throat> she stops. And she puts her feet out, and there's nothing there. Uh, and it was that oh, slow shit. motion. That could have been bad. Well, no, it's pretty, like, sandy there. Okay. I mean, it's not It's not bad. It's under the trees, so it's... it's it's soft. Yeah, it's, not, yeah, it's soft. <laughs> and I just started shooting, whomp. And then she was kind of embarrassed, so she immediately hopped up, started to pick the bike up, and I'm like, stop. Stop, stop. <laughs> and it's one of those situations, a lot of people do it. When you have a crash or fall off, a lot of people get that adrenaline and they yeah. want to like get the oh, bike yeah, I, up. I, stop. I, because <laughs> the wheels were still up on the teeter-totter. <laughs> what, the front wheel? The, no, both wheels were still up on the teeter-totter. Oh, shit. <laughs> the handlebars and seat were so, down. Oh, she, like, she just like killed over like 90 degrees. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. All right. wow. And it's like, stop. Don't try and lift a bike up to a higher point. Yeah, yeah. it's like drag here, just drag it, drag it away. Like, and it's it's it was a good lesson in that. Take your time, make things easier for you. Yeah, the, just turn the bike off. Take your time, assess, drag it out, get comfortable, and then. Um, she was trying to just deadlift it. I'm like, come on, hold on. You know how to lift a bike, right? 
<laughs> and she had to like she kind of be reminded and she did she turned around got you know put her butt into it leaned down picked it up i kind of spotted her but let her do the work and it came right up and it's just a, one of those situations where you just have to like slow down yeah slow down she wasn't hurt she did a good job <clears throat> they all did good jobs they all crashed a little bit um there was one point where i sent them into an area knowing it might be problematic <laughs> um, seems to be a pattern here no yeah. no 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 but oh you never thing. do that uh in that playground area there's some whoops and then you go around these trees and you loop up onto the path mm. and i went on the klr and they had to put a giant giant pile like 15 foot 20 foot tall pile of dirt on that path right so you had to go onto the side of this dirt which was crumbling down the hill oh i see yeah, yeah, and yeah. two people before i kind of made two paths <laughs> a lower and an upper one and so i took the upper one because if you're going to slide down you want to have another you want to have more <laughs> runway right so i and and you're basically have one foot like up as high as your chest on the hillside yeah, the, the other hillside. foot is like there's nothing there's nothing because it's yeah. really steep this pile of dirt yeah and um so i managed to like uh, uh, grunt around and sonia followed me um but she took the lower path when her bike started sliding down oh no, oh, no. and so she had to figure out how to get out of there and then mm. um Sid and Ashley, I'm like, hey, try that path. <laughs> I sent them down there. Same thing happened. They kind of took the lower path because that matched the same level as the path leading into it. Yeah. And they both, like the rear wheel started sliding down. And then it's like abort mission because you spin the wheel and your bike just starts sliding down towards the fence. <laughs> and then like... It's like a crash protracted over like And then it's seconds. like they didn't know what to do. So I think Jim had to get off his bike and go in there and help like ride Shimmy. it. But, but they he stuck with it and um good for that i think he just coached and like you put your weight here and and you know pop the clutch here and you have to learn how to work out of those situations sure but the thing yeah. is i knew they wouldn't get hurt because you're going about a mile an hour through well that. it sounds like the ground's pretty soft and too. it was really yeah. soft yeah. Yeah, so everybody's just getting sweaty and just muscling yeah. their shit exactly we went a few days before that and there was most of it was dry and rained a couple days before but there were some sections that were just so muddy yeah we were like barreling down this hill and we just see at the bottom of the hill this giant mud pool like oh no we need to find an alternate path <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got like stuck on this hill like getting into these ruts and shit that was crazy yes you approach the mud puddle and you start realizing i have to make a decision soon <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> we stopped. We're like, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> yeah. And there was, um, there was a couple points um, where I'm like, uh, okay, am I about to do this? Like, I'd gotten that's, that sounds like dirt biking on the well, yeah. on the KLR where you're looking at like where you go down in a creek bed and then you have to come up the other side. Yeah, and it's like, oh, am I going to do this? Uh, that thing's a tractor though. Okay. Yeah, six, right? A six fifty, you could just go dink, 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 and it'll just <laughs> put up the hill. I know, but so it did. I got more and more comfortable on that. I'm, I'm going to start riding that more. And you know um, what's cool is like you're comfortable with the kind of tires that's on there it's more than the weight in the actual bike itself that uh you know is capable the tires that you got on there are probably pretty awesome considering right i mean whatever they are um, tires, yeah, they're, they're just they're, they're dual sport yeah. slightly knobby um mm. yeah it was the it was good dirt uh, it, it had rained a few days prior, but there wasn't a lot of mud. Yeah. So it was good dirt. dirt. I felt nice good with sticky, the dirt. Huh? Like, like clumpy. Well, unlike the next day, 
when, <laughs> when we went the, for the fourth day of fun. Well, it started out good dirt. We went to Bad Matt's flat track that we go to every year. And this is another backyard uh, little flat track party for small displacement bikes. Mm-hmm. This track is a bit bigger than than Jim's track. You know what? I uh, I thought about going and I satellited the fun. Yeah, you you were supposed to come. I, I wasn't. I tried to get Aaron and Val to come out, but we were just blasted from New Year's Eve, but the, <laughs> you know the night before. But uh, I I, uh, <laughs> I Google mapped a Google satellite image the the property. Oh yeah, and you could see the, <laughs> the circle, the ring around it. Yeah, it's yeah, a pretty it's, sizable it's like in a neighborhood too. <laughs> yeah, it's in this tight, quiet little neighborhood, and yeah, they have this big property where you just see this oval where people. Well, obviously been riding around it, you know? Yeah, so we got there. Uh, we were some of the first ones there, which is a great opportunity to break out the mini bikes and try them out on the track. And they did pretty good. Jeremy, you had fun on the mini bikes, right? Yeah, I took a little TTR125 out, which is perfect for it. But our little electric ones at first. Oh, the electric ones too, yeah. Yeah, those they, those were fun. Um, it, the, the tires didn't get too much traction at least the front that was the scary thing yeah exactly (laughs) well at first it was dry dirt yeah it was fun um and then uh, more and more people started showing up with the ttr 125s and that is the perfect bike for this track it's pretty good it's pretty good oh yeah 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 and uh jeremy was uh, hopping on it and getting into it and um Jim was there, and we had uh, oh Mike sh- showed up, mm-hmm. and Doug and Cat P, and Cat uh, came with us. <clears throat> so we had a good crowd there, and um, but then somebody went out there with a hose. Yep, they went down the track, but they didn't just wet it down; they just kept spraying it. Yeah. it turned into a mud bog. Which I think really they were, I think the goal was to get the dust down, but they turned it into mud. Yeah, and they got the dust down all right. And here's what I found out: so I took the mini bike out there. And the mini bike has little chunky treads, right? Which on the first like rotation of the wheel <laughs> filled in and packed it, and now it was like on ice. Yep. And I literally awesome. I was on a straightaway, and I get onto the track and I accelerate, and the rear wheels are. <laughs> No, correct me when, when Doug showed awesome. up. Someone's like, "Hop on the bike." He's like, "All right." He gets on it, doesn't even get to the first corner, and just does like a three sixty. <laughs> yes. And uh, I continue going around the track, and the, both the front and rear wheel were sliding. You were going sideways at points. That's it was fun. like being on ice. It was really not fun. Uh, and then, uh, but some of the guys got out there on the TTRs, and Jeremy was ripping it up. Yeah. Well, when the dirt was dry, I was getting really confident, just sliding everywhere. It was great, and I didn't. I crashed like once at that point, but then as soon as they hosed it down, like within like ten minutes, I crashed like three times. <laughs> but here's it got the pretty thing: crazy. I, I was watching Jeremy and I was commenting, like, "When did Jeremy get so good?" He was like, really riding well, sliding the rear wheel around. But yeah, and then it's they that motard life. Well, yeah. then they they got the truck the track muddy, and I was watching him. I said, "Oh, this isn't good." <laughs> yeah, because oh no, he was leaning into the turns. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was leaning into the, I mean, that. just slightly. Not enough that I don't, not like he would on a sport bike. Right. But you could tell he was not staying upright like you should. Street mm-hmm. habits. Street habits. <laughs> and I went, oh, this is not, oh, there he goes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Slides out. Yep. And he gets on and he's gone. I'm the like, the front oh, end just didn't no. want to stay and planted. I, literally, I went yeah. out to the track yeah. and I was waving at him, waving, and he was ignoring me. I was having too he much was fun. so focused. <laughs> I was literally five feet you away from you don't waving. Don't listen to her. <laughs> don't listen to her. And I was wearing an evil Knievel jacket and a chicken hat. 
And he still didn't notice me. And then he goes around again. I'm like, oh, Jesus. So I finally just went out on the track. I'm like, dude. You're leaning. <laughs> yeah. It definitely helped, though. I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have been, huh? <laughs> you know? Fix it up a little bit. I'm like, okay, it's a little easier to control the slides. It's yeah, okay. it's, uh, yeah. The bike's easier to catch when it's falling into you instead yeah. of away from you. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, I had a great moment there because every year we go, I have um, I have to admit, I'm a bit jealous. There's a point where they take a quad out onto the track just to kind of turn <laughs> the dirt up, mm. and they always let all the kids hop on, and everyone piles on. Oh, it's of got, course, you had got, to do it. It's got like a rack mm. on the front, a rack on the back, and they just let kids sit yeah, it was like five everywhere, right? Yeah. And I, I was like... The biggest kid. I want to get on this. <laughs> the biggest kid on this thing. <laughs> so I hopped onto the front rack, and then Z, who was there, she hopped on too. Mm-hmm. And I was having fun. We were just slow, me and a bunch of kids <laughs> and my friend Charles piloting it, just going round and round. I'm grinning until Jim got on the track. Mm. Yeah, I saw those photos. <laughs> <laughs> that asshole. And he timed it just right. So full disclosure, uh, Jim and I think Mike or Doug, they were going around the track and passing us. And every time I was I was trying to kick them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or it might have been easier. I forget. Yeah, you try to kick everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I, full disclosure, I was trying my hardest to kick people as they pass. I got close to Jim once, um, but then Jim got in front of us right in a turn, and he lit it up, and it just sprayed us with globs of mud. Perfect. Just sprayed us. Good job, Jim. You asshole. But it was it was fitting since I was was trying to kick him. But that was a lot of fun. And Jeremy, I was impressed with your riding style. You definitely um, had some sort of natural ability and some lack of fear thing going on. Yeah, just have fun with it. I could definitely develop more skills, though, for sure. I'd, yeah, I'm definitely a lot more yeah. comfortable on the dirt, especially after riding a sumo for a while and kind of <laughs> playing around on that. It's just more natural feeling yeah, on dirt bikes. I'm used to riding sport bikes at first, so it was really foreign getting on a dirt bike. Yeah. So. I mean, it's, you start like taking to the fact that it's you don't have as much bike. It's light. and Oh, yeah. You know, it's just fun to throw around yeah and i have to say um in the past i haven't gotten out on the track i did i got out there a bunch this time because we didn't have yuri berg and michelle de salvo (laughs) yeah i'd be a little intimidated raising uh yeah yes like none of the ringers were there uh so it's just good time and people bringing food and there was music and yeah so big thanks to matt for putting that on i look forward to it every year but after that four days of fun i was wiped i had to take a sick day on wednesday (laughs) i definitely didn't do anything yeah after that so i think both jeremy and jim and i we all suffered a similar fate the next day these are sore my left leg oh you're a doctor yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) left leg my whole left side of my body was screwed up because i dumped it a bunch like you know twisted my ankle my hip flexor was dead from trying to lick my leg (laughs) you must have felt that too knock after the uh, gym's party like jim and i both could only we're only good for about three laps because our leg starts to crack yeah i almost ran over knock at uh, jim's party crashed (laughs) right in front of me (laughs) sounds about right yeah you crashed that was was the very start yeah yeah that was the first one that crashed (laughs) figure like you know what let's get it out of the way Make it nice and uh, cool for everybody. And <laughs> show you that you can't really hurt yourself all too bad. <laughs> Bagel, I'm still waiting for you to come out with your dirt scooter. And I know you have what you think is a perfect one. Mm-hmm. But don't you think a little like 50cc two-stroke is going to be the best? A Zuma two-stroke Why or something? Why 50cc? That's not enough power. Well, for these kind of things, it is. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather it's going to be really lightweight. 
isn't it? Mm. Well, the Vespa is pretty lightweight as it is. Mm, no. Well, when I'm done with it, it will be. What if you took like an SR50 or something, though? Those things have some power for a 50. Mm. Mm. But no, I'm like a little. Do, do they make like a Lambretta 50? Two, two stroke? Well, yeah, but you wouldn't want to cut that up and put that on the dirt because those things are worth thousands well, you of could dollars. Just, you could just put a two stroke dirt bike engine into that frame, I'm sure. Uh, well, it's, it's not that easy to. Well, it's a bit involved, yeah. Yeah, the way, the way the scooter or drivetrain is set up, it's, it's, it wouldn't work very well. But you could put, I mean, a lot of people do put motorcycle cylinders on Lambrettas, though. Mm, okay. Like, uh, you know, like Yamaha two stroke cylinders. Nice. Yeah, mm. that's, that's a big thing in England. Cool. Well, welcome back to the new year, everybody. It is 2019, and there's uh, this is the time of year that we start planning trips we're going to be taking this year. Yep. Oh and boy. so I wanted to bring one of our friends back, Cat uh, McLeod from Layout Escapes, because when you're talking about taking a trip, these are the dream trips. And he's been on before to tell us about his trips. Cat, um, why don't you say hi to everyone? Hello. Happy 2019, everyone. What's up, dude? Can, hey, you, can, you, can you believe we're here? We made it, baby. <laughs> we're still here. <laughs> I know. We haven't fallen off yet. And no. we've talked about your great uh, trips that go to all different countries, and uh, we want to find out what you have planned for this year. And then also you're going to give us some uh, travel tips, aren't you? Yes. Um, now, for 2019, we are we're running uh, six of our signature track and tour trips. That's tours with track time on a famous MotoGP circuit, as well as sport touring. Those are sort of our signature tours. We're also running uh, California sport touring because, hey, California is a great place to ride. You guys mm. all know that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we're also running uh, tours with MotoGP. So you can go watch MotoGP uh, in Italy as well as ride the back roads. That is sick. But uh, I wanted to sort of help all riders out. Whether you're going to come with me or not, I still wanted to pass on some expertise from our world, regardless of whether you ride with us or not. So I thought I'd cover some air travel tips and then go into a little bit about Italy. Is that okay with everyone? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. Um, so I used to work in international airfare for three years, and so it's important to understand when it comes to airfare and you're trying to go travel abroad on two wheels, but you want to get there by plane, uh, you're going to have you, you have to take some things into consideration. And the first thing to understand is that when it comes to airfare, there are no rules. There's only principles. There's so many millions of variables involved that it's best to sort of understand the process rather than to have a, a strict rule. What What do you mean uh, by this? So one of the yeah. What What do you mean so, no rules? Have you um, been? I mean, airlines. They, they have there's lots no black of rules. and white answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Um, so the, the first the first principle uh, would be, and it's a good example, I encourage people when they're traveling internationally to start planning their trip about 10 months out when it comes to airfare. Start looking at the airfare market. Is this a rule? No, it can't be because sometimes you get these incredible last minute deals, but they're exceedingly rare. But the general probability means that if you're going to fly internationally, you're going to get a better deal if you start getting a feel for the marketplace uh, about 10 months before you go. And we typically use kayak.com to sort of start looking at what air carriers are out there and which ones service the route. And you sort of get used to what's happening and you start seeing new fares pop up and new flights. And But generally about 10 months out, you're going to see that stuff. Uh, and understand there is no such thing as the cheapest fare. Um, 
it may be the lowest price, but then if you're willing to do a three intermediate stops to get from, say, San Francisco to Rome with a layover in Copenhagen and another 12-hour layover in Istanbul, that price is suddenly not worth it to you. So it, what you're really looking for is the best value for you. And this is one of the reasons why airfare is such a crazy market price is that each individual person has an individual preference for just how much more they're willing to pay for uh, only a one-stop flight or a non-stop flight or a preferred carrier. Everybody's preferences are different and that's why the fare markets are so crazy. So I have a, I have a quick question for you, Kat. A lot sure. of people have an airline that they vow they will never fly with again. I'm, do you have one bagel? Oh yeah, I've got a couple. Yeah, you've got a couple, right? <laughs> but I want to ask you, since you fly a lot, is there an airline that you always love to fly with? Um, I've had good luck with uh, Lufthansa, mm, uh, yeah. German airline. Um, they're th in terms of super budget carrier. I recently got some great flights on Norwegian Shuttle, of all things. Hmm. Absurdly cheap flights, and it's totally bare bones. But the price was it was a good value at the end of the day. So that's been a surprise. Good to know. Thanks. Yeah. Um, let's see. One of the other things is. Uh, a principle, you have to look at what airport you're flying into and what airlines serve that airport. Countries like to subsidize airlines and they like to subsidize airports in order to increase tourism. Mm -hmm. So that means all things being equal, if you're flying to, let's say, Rome, you're going to get a better deal on Alitalia, all things considered, because they're, they get they get cheaper prices on the gate fees. The gate fee is how much an airline has to pay the airport to park a plane there. If you're flying to Germany, chances are Lufthansa is gonna get a better price at the gate fees for Munich. So you're gonna get into that nicer gate and have an easier transfer, that type of thing. So look for the domestic carrier of the country you wanna go visit. And imbalance, you'll usually get a, a, a better deal. Um, remember that there are an exceedingly large amount of time zones. Okay, we're talking about going around the world, talking about 24 time zones. So it's easy to get confused about where, you, what time it is when you land. So the best time to arrive is usually in the uh, late morning, early afternoon. That way you have just enough time to check into your hotel and kind of walk off your jet lag. Yeah, I was just going to say, there's actually even more than 24 hours of 24 time zones because uh, a couple of places have half hour time zone differences around the world. Yes, <laughs> you are correct. And crossing the international date line is always a fun one because oh, yeah. sometimes you get to arrive before you left. In the future. <laughs> yes, yes, it is possible to do time travel. That's uh, one of the ways where I keep seeing uh, uh, first run uh, Star Wars movies because I'm often in uh, Sydney, Australia at the time when the new Star Wars movie is released and I, I get to sneak into the first world showing because I'm on the other side of the international date line. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, now for us motorcyclists, we have to travel with our gear. Gotta bring our, our helmets, our jackets, and this stuff is kind of exceedingly bulky, but it doesn't necessarily weigh a whole lot. 50 pounds is your limit for international checked luggage. If you're business class, you can go up to 70, 70 pounds, but not too many of us can do that. If you can, lucky you, count yourself fortunate. Uh, but that means when you're searching for luggage, you're looking for luggage that is already itself lightweight, but fairly large because you've got to wedge your bulky gear into it. 
I have a preference for things with wheels on them because those luggage carts you see at the airport, you can't always guarantee grabbing one. And oftentimes you arrive in that foreign airport with no local coinage. So this is um, important to me now because I'm going to be traveling to London in a oh. couple months and not a lot of room for gear. Um, so I, I've heard different things when, I've, you know, when I'm flying to Pakistan. I always put my helmet in my luggage, but I pack it between everything. But I know other people mm-hmm. who prefer to carry it on because they don't want it to get damaged. Um, and also, I know I oftentimes will wear my motorcycle boots on the plane because it's, it just saves room and luggage. But I'm wondering if you have some great tips for uh, getting your luggage over there and um, if, if shipping is an option. Um, I would say shipping is an option domestically within the United States, assuming that most of your listeners are from, are from the United States. Uh, shipping internationally, you suddenly incur a much higher expense uh, for the cost and for, even if we even if you've managed to find a good deal it's always a question of, okay first who's gonna receive my package at the other end yep is it gonna be safely put away where is it gonna go and the other issue can be all of the international paperwork mm. does it get held up the carnet didn't have the proper paperwork now the customs are not working and all of a sudden the gear that you desperately need to ride your motorcycle uh, is now held up in some custom shop because you didn't bribe the right person or that sort of thing. So it, it's better that your your super suit fly with you uh, uh, down below in the cargo hold. The price is about the same, if not absurdly cheaper. And you know that it's it's on the way. And there's various tricks that I use to make sure that sort of your your luggage gets with gets t- arrives with you, uh, and that's to never have a connecting duration between two flights uh, shorter than two hours because there's flight delays and whatnot so if you have to make a stop you have to make a connecting flight make sure the time between those two flights is about two hours and that way you'll be assured that your your luggage will make it also make sure you put your itinerary inside your luggage as mm-hmm. well as has a have a good tag mm-hmm. on the outside of it so if it gets somewhere somebody doesn't know where it is they open up your luggage and boom there's your itinerary oh it's supposed to go there the tags got ripped off if it gets lost you want it to get to you as soon as possible so plan for that you know what i'm gonna say that's cat's top tip Mm -hmm. (laughs) pack your itinerary i like that (laughs) (laughs) um it it really it's kind of a hassle to do all the stuff with your gear it's a pain to lug your gear through the airport and drag it along but ultimately all of that pain is swiftly forgotten the moment you let the clutch out and take off down a foreign road and realize once again that two wheels is absolutely the best way to sweep it. So I'm just, wouldn't it be funny if uh, if you wore your, because you, you, for your trips, people want to take like their one-piece leathers, right? Would you ever yes. wear that on the plane? Can you imagine the boots, the one-piece leather, <laughs> and the helmet? It's my hat. They can't take make you take your hat off, can they? Uh, yeah, there's other other tactics I use. Sometimes I bring my helmet on board. Um, Often I use my helmet and my checked luggage as a place for me to hide uh, valuables, particularly spare tools uh, (laughs) and things like that. That TSA, I can't tell you how many times Leatherman Leatherman tools and GoPro cameras have gone missing out of my checked luggage. Mm. Uh, So I always take my valuable electronics with me and check on. And I, but you can't bring your tools. You can't bring like your Leatherman 
supplement tool or your spare airline wrenches or your BMW motorcycle tool kit uh, with you on the plane. Tools are outlawed as well, so, but you have to bury them in your gear in deep inside your boots or in your helmet because TSA, <clears throat> uh, there for your protection, you know, <laughs> um, will we'll, we'll, uh, make those items disappear sometimes. Yeah, man. All right, so any other questions about airfare? No, I, th I think it's good. Um, always shop ahead, and you want to have as few uh, connections as possible and leave a good gap with the connection you do have to assure that yeah. your luggage gets there. Those are all good tips. Yeah, uh, and you, you start to get a feel for the marketplace as you start digging around in kayak. Um, all things being equal, book directly with an airline if the price is the same. If there's a yeah. chance for an upgrade or anything like that, if you book directly with the airline and the price is exactly the same, you're sort of preferred as a direct customer. Same goes with hotels as well, but that's a whole different story. But anyway, I thought I'd get into Italy if anyone's interested in Italy, Please. whether or not you come with me or not. The, the motherland. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, isn't Italy, is MotoGP the, GP the largest in Italy? Is that where it's like people go? Spain. Is Spain? It's even Spain. bigger? Spain, Spain. Spain and Italy uh, right now, well, let's just face it, Dorna is based in Barcelona, which technically is in Spain. It's Catalonia, yeah. but that's a whole other argument. <laughs> but when we talk about MotoGP riders, are there more from Spain or Italy? More from Spain. Really? Yeah. yeah these days, yeah. Good for them. So let's go mm -hmm. to Italy. Well, the reason I brought up Italy uh, first is because it is our most popular destination. It's often the destination that people choose first, and then they come back and do other tours. Italy sells. It sells well. It has this wonderful image. Uh, now, aside from Italy just being beautiful, um, it's more like riding through a story. Uh, there are other destinations I go to that are, say, more jaw-droppingly beautiful, but Italy is more about what you're riding through. Um, it's these little villages and you're riding over roads that have been there for hundreds of years. The names have changed, but the stories are still the same. It's, it's still Italy. It's, it surrounds you, it permeates you, and it, it's true. And it's really a great destination and probably why it's always the first destination that people choose. So yes, you do want to go to Italy and you do want to go on a motorcycle. It is a lovely country to tour uh, on the back roads, lots of curves. Hey, Nock. Um, but it's yeah, uh, go ahead. Nock, if you're going to go to Italy, what's your bike of choice? Oh, would it be a Ducati? I don't I, know. I'm asking you, man. Uh, probably a monster. Some sort oh, of monster. Oh, really? A monster? Yeah. I mean, it's, if not a scooter, I mean, you know. Really? What? That's an option. Traffic laws being what they are, apparently, in Italy. Jer, what, would, you, what would be your bike of choice? Oh, you know, that would be tough. I, I think a good naked bike or... Some sort of bigger adventure bike would be like, you know, what yeah. I go for. Bagel, what are you going to rent in, in Italy? Vespa GTS 300, of course. There you go. So, Kat, <laughs> what, what is the most popular bike that people rent in Italy? Um, well, obviously, it's one of the rare occasions where we have the option for people to rent Ducatis. Hmm. Uh, Ducati rentals are kind of rare around the world. In, compa in comparison to other other brands. So people do have a tendency to rent Ducatis first. I'd say Multistratas mm. are very popular because it allows for couples to ride two up. The Monster has been a good choice. Uh, we've had a lot of people want to ride the Hyperstrata, but we've had a couple of mechanical issues with Hyperstratas oh, on tours. Wow. Um, and really, the one I'm really looking forward to, because it's finally available for rent, and I've got 
a number of people because we're running three Italy tours this year. We have the Ducati Super Sport, which what? is it's going to look what? so sexy in photos, and I can't wait to see it. <laughs> What's the Super Sport? This is uh, it's a sport touring machine. It's oh. it's a full fairing sport touring machine. Ooh. Mm. Nice. Yeah. So it is kind of like if you go to there, you, it's you're either on a Vespa or, or a Ducati, right? It's like oh, <laughs> there are BMWs available, and a lot of people rent uh, rent BMWs. But it's not the same. <laughs> uh, we, we do have a, a Moto Guzzi uh, available oh, in our go. fleet as well. And when I say our fleet, uh, that, that means that whether you ride with, with uh, layout escapes or not, uh, I'm recommending that most of the time for airfare reasons, people are going to want to fly into Rome because that's where the, the good prices are. And Rome itself is, is one of the world's oldest tourist traps. But, you know, <laughs> Rome has some stuff that's worth seeing. Uh, it's It's... It's thrived for 2,000 years on bringing in visitors and showing them cool stuff. So, and that's where some good fleets are, and you can rent uh, Ducatis and BMWs and a wide array of scooters, particularly in Rome, uh, while you're there. I was going to say, best of both worlds, get a scooter for in town and a motorcycle mm -hmm. for leaving oh, town. Absolutely. I'd way rather have a yep. scooter in those cities. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, the right tool for the job. Yeah. But anyway, more th there are some other things about Italy which, which make it a little bit difficult, uh, particularly for uh, folks adapting to a different culture. Um, Italians as a people are driven by passion rather than <laughs> procedure or work ethic. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Italy is where relationships and charm influence people a lot more than money or, or pride. Uh, so you have to understand that in order for an Italian to want to do anything for you, you have to make it fun. Otherwise, it's just, it's, man, what's, what's the point? It's not fun. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, so that's, and one of the things that an Italian guide uh, offers is a way to navigate that culture. They razz the waiter. They joke with the cook. They, they're, 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 you know, complimenting the hostess in ways that would make, you know, white men blush. Uh, it's, it's just Italian culture. And so it, Italy... It helps a lot if you have a local guide. You don't have to have a local guide uh, if you're there for a long time, but it helps to navigate that culture with somebody who, who understands it. And that's why, specifically in Italy, we have an Italian partner, because it's not like Germany where I can hire some, some German friends uh, and everything sort of runs like clockwork. In Italy, I need someone to... to Flush the, to grease the paths, if you will, to lube the chain of, of social relationships with our hotels and our restaurants and our motorcycle suppliers so that everything goes smoothly and we get that little extra thing that uh, no one was expecting. Or they'll, they'll, they'll keep the restaurant open longer just for us. Or they'll bring that you know free bottle of limoncello at the end of every, every night we're there and get us roaring drunk uh, for free. So it's, it's those little things that uh, having an Italian along as a guide uh, really helps. Hey, hey, Bagel, have you ever ridden a scooter in Italy? Uh, I did very briefly in a little corner of Italy when I was there in 2015. I'm assuming since so many scooterists here in the U.S. wear flip-flops. In Italy, do they wear Gucci loafers? Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't see too many of them. I was, in, I was up in the mountains. I, I'm just going to imagine that's so. I'm sure there are some okay. in the city, yeah. 
Cute <laughs> loafers, yeah. huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to look stylish on yeah. your spot. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So another reason why everyone loves to go to Italy is, of course, the food. Mm. And that's where that Italian passion of culture really comes through. The simplest meals. Just simple little pasta and tiny little bit of sauce is a revelation of flavor because somebody has cooked it so well and the, the ingredients are so great. And also the wonderful thing I enjoy most about Italy is the four-hour ritual that is dinner, <laughs> which I've, yeah. I've probably spoken of before. Uh, so that's, that's something that everyone should go and enjoy. Um, Italy is a big place. Uh, and I encourage, frankly, I encourage this with all destinations, wherever you're going in the world on two wheels, go for depth rather than breadth. Don't try to go see everything or don't sign up for a, an organized tour based on their long list of trophy destinations. We're going to show you this cathedral. We're going to show you this tower. We're going to... The more trophy destinations you have to pick up postcards at, it, you sort of have this bland buffet of mass tourism. And really, as a motorcyclist, that's what you have the option of getting away from. You should be hitting the back roads. You should be going through those little lonely villages. You should be pulling into those tiny, some tiny little spot on the side of the road and realizing that there's great food all over Italy, not just outside the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Um, I encourage people not to take a tacky bus tour style. Uh, don't don't get off the the bus tour route. You're a motorcyclist. Go explore the back curvy roads. And, and uh, I guess the other thing is uh, their fascination with racing and speed, in particular MotoGP. If you're going yes. over there, whether you're going with us, you're going with somebody else, or you're doing it on your own. Uh, consider going to a MotoGP race in Italy. That would be either Mugello or Mizano. Uh, and if you can't make it to the race, if it's going to be a MotoGP Sunday, make sure you find yourself in a bar with a bunch of Italians watching MotoGP. It's hilarious and so much fun. So w um, what is it like riding with an Italian, like a real Italian? <laughs> yes, the, 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 the passionate culture comes out again. <laughs> um, um, Italian drivers are not crazy. I know they get the reputation of being crazy. They're not crazy. They're just aggressive and, and they're good. A lot of them are very talented drivers, but they, they're very goal-oriented. Um, and they expect you to be as well. Most of them have ridden motorcycles and scooters themselves, and they'll move over slightly and be scratching their head and almost yelling at you, like, "Why aren't you passing? Me? Why, why, why aren't you, you know, why aren't you lane splitting? Come on, move!" Uh, an Italian driver will will turn the steering wheel before they hit the brake in an emergency situation. They don't just panic and hit the brakes; they they turn the wheel. Um, but it's it's great fun uh, to ride the roads with them because most part they're very polite uh, to motorcyclists. Um, the other thing I should probably tell folks is about Ducati. Uh, Ducati has a very nice uh, program for you to visit the factory. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. And I encourage people to do that. Even for people that go, oh, wow, it's just a factory. They make motorcycles. Well, for motorcyclists, it's a big deal. But even for passengers who are not that into motorcyclists, motorcycles, it's still interesting. Uh, and it's really surprising to see some, um, okay, the smoking hot Italian woman assembling a V4 Panigale engine. 
That, that, that's just that's just it's just gorgeous. Tell me if this is true that they're very efficient and multitask, and that on the assembly line while they are assembling, they are at the same time stomping grapes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? You would buy that wine, wouldn't you? Uh, wine yeah. made while assembling a Ducati motorcycle. Uh, maybe oh you know, God. little couple of middle they savings in there. They also cook biscottis when they're doing the heat treating because they sell Ducati biscottis. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Do they, do, they, do they roast coffee in the, in the <laughs> yeah. foundry, too? That, oh, we're giving you these gifts, Kat, when you go to Italy. This is some, some suggestions that you can, you can make on, on our behalf. <laughs> the, the, the Ducati tour, it really is interesting. Uh, probably the most touching moment is, is when they start up the bike. Uh, for the first time mm -hmm. and you sort of realize at that moment that somebody's baby is being born mm -hmm. <laughs> somebody you know that, somebody's gonna you know before they go to bed they're gonna they're gonna open the garage door slightly a little bit and look and go, yeah she's still there <laughs> that's gonna be somebody's baby and it just started for the first time and i think that's kind of cool hmm. that is very cool yeah um, they also have a nice museum as well. Let me ask um, you this: what are what are the best months to travel to Italy? Ah, very good question. Um, for the most part, it really depends on what part of Italy you're going going to. Obviously, up in the Dolomites, uh, the Alps, uh, you've got some winter issues uh, with some lots of snow and whatnot. But I think it gets way too bloody hot uh, in July, August, and September uh, for for my taste, particularly if you're going to the south southern parts of Italy uh, so but I'll be there in May and June uh, and I'll be back again in September uh, and those are our sort of selected times when we go uh, to uh, and run tours in Italy tell us tell Another us a little bit about your tours that you have oh well I don't want it to be I wanted to I want everyone to go to enjoy Italy regardless of whether they come with us um, all of our tours right now we have two MotoGP tours and uh, one tour that features track time on Mugello. Uh, the routes are relatively the same. We're running from Rome to Siena to Bologna uh, to Mugello or Misano, uh, and then from there to uh, Orvieto, which is a, a, an old city uh, that's older than Rome in uh, Umbria, and then back to Rome. All of the routes along here are the back roads, the curvy roads that your cousin, if he had a motorcycle over in Italy, that's where they would take you. Ah, especially, and you guys will enjoy this one, uh, where does Ducati test its motorcycles? When there's a new model and Ducati wants to test it, they take it to Zambuca Pass. They ride up Radicosa Pass, uh, just south of Bologna, and then they sneak through the back roads, and then they take it on Zambuca Pass. Hmm. <laughs> So that's sort of a must ride for any uh, Ducatisti. You have to ride where where your where your Ducati first uh, first learned to walk. Cool. And then yeah. what's the the you, are you doing a Mugello trip? Is that uh, for Mugello? We do Mugello yeah. MotoGP, and then we do uh, track time on Mugello. So we have yes. two different tours. Uh, I'm looking forward to going this year for the Mugello track time because this will be the first time that we have some of our clients riding the V4 Panigale on the racetrack. And do you know yet, or can you say yet, who might be attending with you? 
I mean, who's on the tour? Well, no, who might be there as an instructor? Oh, geez, you know, I never know. They they, they blow my mind every time. Uh, the last time we had uh, Michele Piro, what? who's Italian <laughs> World Superbike. Uh, champion and also steps in from time to time uh, for MotoGP slots, uh, helps develop the MotoGP bike. And uh, last time, and last time also we had Marco Melandri. <laughs> what? <Wow. Yeah. laughs> I know. Yeah, Melandri apparently doesn't live too far away, and every now and then he shows up at, at Mugello, <laughs> and he wears he wears like a completely white suit, and he has a completely white bike with no logos on it. And he kind of sneaks in, and nobody's supposed to know he's there. And he proceeds to kick everyone's ass, and he, you know, because he he wants to ride, but apparently he's not. He's like something about his contract is only allowed to ride at certain tracks. But sometimes he breaks his contract, I think, and he goes and he rides it uh, at Mugello just for fun, just nice. just to clear the cobwebs out of his head. But yeah, the last time I was riding there, I went in to use the bathroom, and I come out of the bathroom, and who's waiting for the bathroom right in front of me? It's Marco Melandri. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and we need to remind people how do they find out about your tours um l-e-o-d escapes.com uh, it's it's that simple exactly yeah I'll, I'll give you the final the final bits uh for for if you want to do an italy tour uh, and you're not interested in going to MotoGP, and you're not interested in doing a track doing the track um i recommend a company called hear the road hmm. uh hear the road motorcycle tours in Italy is run by Enrico Grassi. He's a seventh generation Roman. He knows every little back road around Italy. Uh, and uh, go with him on, oh, go ride Corsica and Sardinia with him, you lucky dogs. I've never gotten to ride that route and it's absolutely stunning. It's where a lot of uh, companies do their motorcycle launches because it's so picturesque and so many curvy roads. And if you do not want to take an organized tour, you just want to take a risk and do it, take some time and do it by yourself, then the motorcycle rental company that I prefer in Rome is called HP Motorrad, as in HP, horsepower, and Motorrad, uh, the German word for motorcycles. They rent both BMWs and Ducatis. Something for everyone. That's really nice yeah. of you to uh, recommend some other companies well, as well. Sure, I I'd, I'd love for people to take our tours, but our tours are not for everybody. But I still want people to see see the world on two wheels. That's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the travel tips. Sure. Uh, I think next time when I check in, I'll talk to you about some of the things I always pack with me. And uh, maybe the various ways of riding the Alps in different parts of Europe. Because that's a must do. I love it. Let's make this a regular thing. We'll have you on every now <laughs> okay. and then with your travel tips. <laughs> I love it. Any other questions for me before you, you guys start gossiping? Yeah, oh yeah, we got a lot of gossip about. Uh, no, I appreciate you coming on and sharing that. But yeah, I want to tell everyone, just remember, this is uh, Layout Escapes. These are bucket list trips. We've talked about it before. You get to go um, be taken care of fully, be led around on amazing bikes, and then go on a MotoGP track. Knock, mm. knock. Yeah, what? You got to do this, man. <laughs> okay. Let's <laughs> do it. I think Knock's intimidated, man. Dude, can you imagine if you're right. like on the track and you see Marco? We, uh, wouldn't be seeing him for very long. <laughs> no, I got passed by Carlos Checa once uh, on the on the main straight, and I was completely useless for the next two or three turns because I was just like shouting in my own. I got passed by Carlos. 
was shaking like a finger. <laughs> you can see the passion. Uh, we actually uh, we we trained with Troy Corser uh, this past that's, year, and that, oh, that awesome. was something else to see. Come see Troy Corser flying by you with a passenger on the back. Yeah. <laughs> <That's it. sighs> oh, man. Well, thank you very much. And again, it's Laod Escapes. LayoutEscapes.com and yes. check it out and uh, feel free to give Kat uh, an, you know, shoot him an email if you have any questions he's a guy who can answer anything about traveling across there but definitely check out the trips he's got that is a bucket list for sure thanks Kat yeah, for coming on happy to answer any questions no matter whether they're for my tours or somebody else's you know, please everyone should travel on two wheels best way to see the world I appreciate it and we'll um, have you on again let's get some more travel tips Okay. Thanks a lot, Kat. Cheers. Buongiorno. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be down you for one good, of those Knox. trips. Uh, yeah. Dude. Um, I mean, even, I, and I love that, that Kat uh, recommends, even if you can't go on one of his trips, yeah. even though, just from what he's told us before, he really takes care of his people. But it also sounds like it's not for the... Non-adventurous. Uh, yeah. It's definitely an adventure. Like, you need to it's be a, into speed and... Yeah. Yeah, it's you gotta be into speed. Uh, you gotta have passione, <laughs> and uh, it's a culture, and you gotta be into culture. How do you know so many Italian words? Uh, I don't know. Internet. <laughs> Internet. <laughs> I will stick to that. So, um, yeah. Th- thanks again to Cat for giving us some travel tips. Uh, he's he really knows his shit too. Yeah. I like the tips about shipping, but yeah, I'm still on the fence about if I'm gonna how much of my gear I'm gonna wear on the plane to to London. All the gear. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine somebody sitting there like dressed like the Stig in like the one piece suit? <laughs> well, the no, appearance wise, like okay, I think it to it but usually track suits and all your gear you can, you can get smelly you know i don't know i won't want to be sitting next to someone in full track gear on a, on a plane you know yeah and going to the bathroom in one of those might yeah, be difficult. yeah it'd be, it'd be kind of good difficult. point good point so um knock yes what have you been working on lately oh uh finally finished uh last week uh I was talking about uh, installing a slipper clutch on the Ninja 650. Mm-hmm. What? And uh, yeah, and I did it. It works. Uh, I took the slipper clutch from a 2017 ER650 or Ninja 650, whatever you want to call oh, it. I didn't know that they had those on the new yeah, ones. Yeah, the new ones oh. do. The 17s through the 18s apparently do, and it's a direct retrofit. That's cool. So, which is uh, what you're gonna need is the the hub the plates uh, the pressure plate and that's pretty much it can you adjust like uh the like i guess the engagement and stuff how much how much it slips um there's no actual manual engagement but like the newer um pressure plate only has three springs and i'd imagine if you could use stiffer springs or shim the springs yeah so the engagement is is a little more uh positive or there's more weight on the pressure plate yeah it'll probably work hey knock yeah i know we've talked about slipper clutches before but for those who don't know do you want to describe what it is it limits the back torque to the engine is that what it is the back torque they call it yeah that's that's one of the terms they use for yeah you know okay so you know when you're riding around and you're like in say third or fourth gear and you downshift and you downshift you know and you don't let the clutch out smoothly, and it, the bike wants to decelerate, it engine brakes kind of harshly. You lose the back wheel. You lose like, the <laughs> back wheel, and it spins around, potentially. Uh, a slipper clutch 
slightly disengages the clutch to where the real wheel can spin a little bit freely. It's kind of like a shock absorber for your clutch. Kind of for your drivetrain, yeah. It, it actually physically disengages your uh, uh, your driveline, your transmission to your driveline. Yeah, I know that I um, the first slipper clutch I had was on the Super Duke, and mm-hmm. I had so much confidence in really downshifting, engine braking hard into a turn, knowing that I wasn't going to lose traction. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it just gave me more confidence riding to kind of abuse the bike a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool that that uh, that swaps over. I, how hard was it finding one? Uh, you know what? I looked uh, on eBay for about a year and I couldn't find one. Holy shit. Yeah. And I, what it is is like it's 2018 now. Everybody who bought their 2017 bikes has started to wad them or wadded them <laughs> because it's no longer quote unquote riding season in the rest of the country. So they're starting to trickle in on eBay. Mm. And so they're coming in at around maybe 300 bucks to like $200. I, oh, I, I that's did my, not bad though. Yeah. Uh, if you bought one, it'd be like a grand from like a grand, market, yeah. a grand to 800 bucks i was yeah. looking at the sigma clutches but um ebay i got the full stack with the plates it cost me 210 bucks mm, nice yeah dude yeah cool. and you, you need an auto blipper and a quick shift where you can just bang through everything <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but um what i'm gonna do is gonna take photo i'm gonna take photos or uh, post up the schematic uh of the fiche and post it on you know on, on the recycle page and maybe you know on the facebook page and let you guys know what's going on apparently i don't think anybody's ever done it so you know first adapter life but uh yeah so all right so you got the slipper clutch in there and what what is next because you didn't pay this that much for this bike and you're putting a lot of stuff into it well i mean i've actually did running tally of it only put pretty much close to 800 bucks to it all of it's just ebay parts i got really nice suspension (laughs) components off of ebay you know and and uh the slipper clutch was pretty cheap so yeah i mean like it's 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 one of those forever project bikes, right? I bought it from a friend for fourteen hundred bucks. I converted it and did all kind of dumb shit to it, and now it, it kind of runs exactly the way I want it to. And we'll see what happens. I don't know. Now it's like aesthetic mods, whatever, right? Because it looks like dog shit. <laughs> yeah, it has some charm about it. It's got tight. it's got some charm. Isn't I that, see people isn't that your it. style? Something that's shitty looking but just functions awesome. Well, not really. You know, I, I like I like to have nice things, but in this particular case, since like it's a forever project, I'm more into like the building aspect of it so much more than the uh, you know making it look super pretty. You know, priorities. Priorities. Yeah, I'll talk to Mike when I want some uh, LEDs and shit. Hey, yeah. <laughs> as well as some knife blade lovers. That's right. Yeah, that's and right. Uh, you had to borrow a tool to get this. I right. did. It was the. Uh, thank you, by the way. I hadn't. I forgot welcome. to return that. I'll, but it's. Uh, it's. Uh, let's give us a Motion Pro uh, Vice Grip. Uh, Clutch holder tool. Oh, yeah, is that the right. circular looking thing with the teeth? No. no, it's the. It looks like a pair of vice grips, but where the jaws are is this long metal bar, and it's got like the ninety degree bend, like mm-hmm. the pins. Huh. Yeah, and there, those yeah. slot into the uh, clutch hub and clutch basket, uh-huh. so they stop from turning. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a good tool if you're ever gonna pull a clutch out. Well, I, if you ever need to get the basket out, I actually yeah. want to check on my XR. It's like a known issue on the early ones where the uh, there's like a bushing on the clutch basket, which can uh, mm-hmm. weld it to the uh, shaft. Yeah, the, the older ones <laughs> yeah. didn't have an oil gallery. Yeah, so I want to so. check that and see uh, see if because I have I have the new one. I just have to check if the old one was ever updated or not. Yeah. And so you already did the front end on this? Yeah, the front end's already been done a while ago. Did yeah. you do the rear shock? Rear shock is off an 4 r one uh, with some straight rate uh, uh, springs on there, like an eleven hundred pound spring. How about calipers? 
front calipers were from a ZX10 later model, uh, and the rotors are 320 millimeter rotors. So. And do you have a anything on the steering column? Did you do the bearings or? Uh, it, it's a direct swap. That's what's kind of cool about this particular Kawasaki is you just it's a direct swap from the uh, from the sport bike ones. Same uh, headstock diameter or at uh, least bearing diameter. You know, so, so performance-wise, there's not really much more to do. It's fuel injected. Have you mapped it? No, it's I, I. That's one of the things I don't do is um, engine mods. It runs fine. It looks great. I actually put the stock exhaust back on there, <laughs> and so it's quiet and it does dumb hooligan shit and and it only weighs like 400 pounds, 410 pounds. Nice. So. You need a wheelie bar? Ah, uh, you know what? That'd be fun, wouldn't you it? You should get one, yeah. <laughs> I thought about actually doing handlebars instead of clip-ons, because it Ooh. seems like it's more more in town, more hoony, you know? Stunta. Yeah, yeah. I get that it, rear it handbrake. Yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for 1400 bucks, I think I feel like I've gotten a lot out of it. And you can ride it really fast. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, um... It's a perfect opportunity to drop in another clip here. Uh, you know, our friends at the AMA, they just did the whole uh, induction, the Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony, as well as some other cool stuff. So let's hear the AMA Minute right here. This is Michael Marino with the AMA Minute. The AMA Motorcycle Hall of Fame inducted its class of 2018 on December 7th at the American Honda AMA Motorcycle Hall of Fame induction ceremony. The class includes four-time AMA National Enduro Champion Terry Cunningham, stunt rider Gary Davis, flat track and road racing tuner Skip Aiken, MotoGP World Champion Nikki Hayden, flat track racer Clifford Corky Keener, and pioneering motorcyclist Mary McGee. AMA member Lisa J. Malachowski of Apex, North Carolina, won the Hall of Fame raffle for a 2017 Ural Gear Up Adventure Together motorcycle. As a tribute to AMA Hall of Famer Nikki Hayden, the American Motorcyclist Association and American Honda commissioned a custom 2018 Honda CBR1000RR and a custom 2018 Honda XR650L that celebrate Hayden's life and his career as a professional American road racer and flat tracker. For a chance to win these bikes commemorating Hayden's Hall of Fame career, go to the raffle bike page at www.motorcyclemuseum.org. The U.S. Senate adopted a resolution December 11 promoting awareness of motorcyclist profiling and encouraging collaboration and communication with the motorcycling community and law enforcement officials to prevent instances of profiling. And AMA President and CEO Rob Dingman has commenced a four-year term as President of the Continental Union of the Federación Internacional de Motorcyclisme that represents North America. This has been the AMA Minute. For the latest AMA news, visit our website at www.americanmotorcyclist.com. So thanks again to the AMA. I always recommend that uh, you join the AMA, support them because they support us is, is how it goes. And remember mm-hmm. when Micah had that breakdown, she was able to call the AMA roadside service and get help from them. Yep. Um, I've used them many a time. Yeah. Support the AMA. Um, so we've got, uh, oh, we're getting ready. Knock, are you getting ready for 
the one show. Yeah, I still haven't bought my ticket. No, I guess I'm not ready. Well, we better do that. <laughs> I know. Some when is that shit again? February 6th through the 8th. God, di- what? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Coming yeah, up. I should get some tickets. So here's the, here's the really cool thing. Um, they gave a bunch of bike builders some mini bikes to, mm-hmm. to chop up. <laughs> and it's the same brand that our mini bikes are, but it's the gas engine version but it's the same frame <laughs> and jim has been like showing me pictures of some <laughs> of the 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 work that people are doing like, oh, wow. oh check this out one dude put like four foot ape hangers on it <laughs> <laughs> so you have to ride it standing is that how that it's works like ridiculous. <laughs> um i'm like jim i'm not ready to chop my chopper my <laughs> chop my uh my yeah. mini bike up but now we know because Naki keeps saying these things are only going to survive six months. Here's I was pretty close when we figured out that <laughs> smell. I was like, oh man, <laughs> three you, weeks, all right. You may be right and you may be wrong, and yeah. here's why. We kind of both agreed when we do kill them, then we're going to put in some stupid gas motor and chop them. <laughs> no, we're going to give them to Brandon. No, bring it with Brandon in there. Yeah. That will be the second life because it does have a nice frame. It's almost like a really wide, short. Schwinn frame style. It looks like a fucking shopping cart. <laughs> That's what it is. If you took all that shit out of there, it looks like a shopping cart without the wheels. Wait, what? Like the is like that's pretty much the same thing as the electric ones. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, same type of frame. Yeah, the, our electric ones have the same frame as the okay. ones are going to be doing at the one yeah. show. It, it actually looks like, like Cushman. Frame, yeah, yeah, like those old scooters. Yep. It's similar to that. And we're gonna have a bunch of people there, but not just that. We're gonna have some of our friends there. I know Surge is gonna be there. Yeah, um, and I think. Austin from Twisted Road. So it'll be like a reunion. Yeah. I can't wait, but I know, I know we're going to see these cho- these uh, chopped mini bikes, and it's like, oh, it's going to be so Take some pictures on Do you know if it's going to be showing at the same place? It is. The, oh, the foundry. Okay, yeah. That place is cool. It's so, a lot of the ways, and uh, I don't know where the nearest teddy bar is, but oh. I, I'd imagine... I know Chris Wiggins knows where it is. I bet Chris Wiggins knows. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of them, so I'm sure they're not very yeah. far. But we're going to have um, Bagel, Emma, Mike, Jim, Knock, and myself there, and maybe more. We'll see. Don't hype yeah. it up, man. We're just going to show up. Dude, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah. <You're> rolling deep. <laughs> yeah, we had so much fun last time. So um, if you're going to be in Portland uh, beginning of February, I highly recommend going to the one show. Not just that, but we're going to go out to the flat track races as well. When is and where is the flat track race? It's it, a ways from that. Right? It's about a 45-minute drive, I want to say, from there. Yeah. Um, but we could get like a rental car. And uh, it's on that Saturday night. And it's it's pretty cool. It, it was packed last time. That's going to be wild, man. Wow. Packed. And <clears throat> But you could walk around and walk in the pits and check shit out. And it was really cool. You had everyone, you know, from like, uh, they had the, like, the, I don't know, the basket case bikes like somebody racing on a ct 100 you know um to like all the rolling sands it's really beautiful amazing it's dumb bikes. biker shit it's awesome yep oh my god super into it i was rooting for the guy in the ct 100 by the way of course <laughs> nice. he was trying to get that rear end loose <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so that was a lot of fun um but yeah we're looking forward to it so come on out and and come say hi if you see one of us there but 
I want to get to emails because we have a lot, lot of really good emails. Mm -hmm. And just a reminder, if you're going to send us an email, the shorter it is, the more of a chance it will be read. Yeah. Bagel, you've got one there that has a good question. I do. Yes. Uh, You're you're excited, aren't you? Yes. This email (laughs) is titled Scooter Curious. Uh, Scoot Curious. Yeah. And this is from Dave King. And Dave writes, howdy, misfits. I've got a few hours in the sta- a few horses in the stable, and they cover all the bases. But what am I missing? Or what I'm missing is a project bike. Over the years, I've had the chance to ride a few scooters, and they're actually quite fun and capable machines. Despite rejections from so much of the American motorcycle community, I'm <clears throat> I'm at a point in my moto moto experience for a gulp scooter. What better, job. what better project bike than a vintage two-smoker Vespa? Which leads me to my question, and what better misfit to ask than Bagel? My dude, what would be a good pre-mid-80s Vespa to look for? I'd like to find something cool, but not super desirable with easily found parts. Two-stroke would be even cooler. Help me out, man. I know very little of the vintage scooter world. Love the misfits. Been listening since 2014. Knock, Liza, Bagel, Miss Emma, Naked Jim, y'all are my Monday morning highlight. Hey. A very warm greetings Thanks. from Texas Dave. Thanks, Texas Dave. Yeah. So do you recommend anyone get into vintage scooters right away? Uh, if they're interested, absolutely. Okay. Um, especially if they like two strokes, that is an awesome way to get into it. Um, and practically, I think every actually every Vespa before 1996 was two strokes, so there is plenty to choose from. Um, if the bike that, based on what he wrote, the bike I would recommend is the Vespa P200. Uh, it is the most common... Uh, vintage two-stroke Vespa that's around uh, here in the states. Uh, they are f- even even though they they've uh, you know it's been what forty years now since they started making them more over forty years. Um, there's still a lot of them around. Parts are still easily available. Um, they're not the 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 most desirable Vespas because they have kind of a more uh, angular styling. You know, it's sort of late seventies, early eighties angular styling. So people don't. Don't value those as highly as the vintage ones with the more more curvy styling, um, but they are they're 200 cc's. Uh, they perform really really well. They have uh, electronic ignition, uh, oil injection, um, and you know they'll they top out you know 65 miles an hour uh, unless you want to do mods to them. But I would recommend sticking with stock just to you know keep reliability. So knock. Yes. What does a two-stroke dirt bike sound like? Very good. Bagel, what does a two-stroke scooter sound like? It really depends on what exhaust you put on it, though. Yeah. There are some that are super, super loud. Yeah, they are. I feel like you're in a war zone. Seriously. It's amazing how much sound can come out of a bike that small. Yeah. That's a lot of energy. You guys speak. Speaking of Warzone, I don't know mm. if you heard the news. What's that? Oh. So, you know, our recent guest, Carmen Gentile? Yes. Yeah. Who uh, wrote the book, Blinded by the... Te- Blind- blindsided by the Taliban. Yes. Yeah. His uh, book was optioned for a movie. Oh, wow. You're fucking kidding me. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's cool. Now, 
we all know the option doesn't even mean that it'll get yeah. made and even if it does get made we don't even know if it'll get out yeah it's a long step from here but that's the first step and that's pretty fucking cool because he had a cool story so yeah. uh, what is it if it does get made to a movie how far are we from kevin bacon <laughs> degrees wise how does, i'm always thinking in those terms well we're already like two degrees aren't we um, oh yeah that's true you know i, I think i think we need to start a new version of that game if it's a movie that involves vehicles <laughs> how many degrees from herbie the love bug are we Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one wow <laughs> yeah. or captain mm. america bike that'd be, a, that'd be an it, does, it, one. does it count if I've, if I've actually seen an original herbie from the movie <laughs> that would be what one degree <laughs> yeah yeah all right so i have a um, i have an email here from scott simons and he says hey dear liza recently i was listening to your podcast well i love a rainy night sounds like you had a wonderful two-hour adventure in lieu of your story i thought it appropriate to give you a little info that was at that time i had <laughs> it was a thanksgiving i rode in the oh, torrential yeah. downpour home yeah. and i had said um <clears throat> once i had such limited visibility i just got on the freeway and turned my hazards on because then i felt at least like the cars could see me and i didn't have to worry as much about them yeah uh so he says here in the horrible state of Florida, where it rains so hard you would stay drier having five-gallon buckets of water dumped on your head. <laughs> and I have experienced this. Yeah, yeah. Um, he says, it is illegal to drive with your emergency flashers on in the rain. I don't know why, but thought your listeners might like to know this little tidbit before assuming it was all right in the state they ride in, naked or not. Well, well, hang on a minute. <clears throat> if, you're, if you're going like a certain amount below the speed limit, aren't you required to put your hazards on just for safety, though? I don't know. Does it have to be actually be an emergency? I, I don't know. I think it just has to be a hazard. I feel like rain's right? a hazard. Well, I mean, like, I think it's, it might be relative to prevailing speed of traffic, right? If you are going slower than, like, everybody else, and you right. physically can't go faster. Right. If an actual emergency. I don't know what the municipalities are on that. It's interesting. Hmm. Um... I don't know either, but here is my opinion on this. Mm. I don't care. Okay. Um, when it comes to me feeling safe and visible, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to put my flashers on if I need to. Yeah. I don't care if I might get a ticket for it. Yeah. Same with uh, with my headlight modulator. When people say, like, well, isn't it illegal? I don't care. <laughs> it's it's not illegal here. I mean, to be fair, most people's bikes, there's a lot of things that aren't legal on them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, headlight modulator, um, usually it is legal, not at nighttime. Yeah. And they have a sensor on them that turns it off. Yeah. But I don't care. I'm thinking of myself in these cases. Well, Just like a lot of times I'll ride with my high beam on. I don't care. Yeah, and and also if you do get a ticket for it, and you, you can fight that and use safety as a defense. Say, Your Honor, I was putting yes. on my flashers because it was there was driving in unsafe conditions. You know, I had to you know had to be on the road, and this was the best option. You know, I would much rather you know ride in traffic with my flashers on than get hit. Exactly. You know? So that's my opinion. But thank you for letting us know because you want to at least um, be knowledgeable about the risk that you're yeah. taking by doing so. Jeremy, what do you have there? I have a letter from a Christopher V. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Vecchi, Vecchi. I, I, I bet you not can pronounce it. Sounds a tough. V E C E. Vecchi. It's a Vecchi. Christopher Vecchi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. It just well, sounded we'll right. run with it. It sounds good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So or Vecchi. So he's looking for some advice. He uh, is trying to hone in on a long-term motorcycle 
maybe motorcycles choice. Mm. Good, good call. I, th- I like the the S. You know, that's uh, the and, extra S. And plus end, one. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so he said he's fairly new into the riding world, only a few years in. The mm. first bike was a non-working 88 Magna 750 uh, from a friend of a friend. Cosmetically, it was great, aside from being dead. <laughs> While bringing it back for the dead and... It, was dead from sitting for 17 years he got oh, a suzuki or 83 suzuki gs650 to practice on and he says he's owned a few other non-working bikes the gs300 gs550 gs400 <laughs> just to get running and sell and yeah he said he knew nothing about the motorcycle maintenance but it was a great way to get some experience without making mistakes on nicer bikes that is smart exactly man. right yes smart man uh, shaking muriatic acid around inside a rusty tank under out in a thunderstorm is a good mechanical practice, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll say uh, that as long as you're not the highest point. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so he ended up purchasing a 2009 FZ1, which is a really cool bike. Yeah. Uh, it had some running issues, but he worked on it, and it's in pretty good shape now. <clears throat> he says it pulls and it pulls hard, but he's, he says he might not really need the 130 plus horsepower. Um, Nobody needs it. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> it delivers it nicely. It's not like a super high-strung bike, so yeah. that's... Uh, but yeah, it's definitely some power. Um, but he says he loves it. He's put many hours into it, but he might be considering selling it. And okay. he ideally would like to have two. One of them like a cruiser, like a Magna, like a muscle bike kind of deal, mm-hmm. maybe. And uh, another one like an FC1. Um, you mean FZ06? Uh, well, he says another in the style of his FZ. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. then, so, then the FZ6. Yeah, so he was saying that maybe an FZ6 would be a good option. It would be an easy transition. Um, yeah. You know where I'm going to go, don't you? No. What a versus? Get a versus. <laughs> the versatile don't, don't system. A, don't get a versus. <laughs> what do you yeah. mean, don't get a versus? You basically ride a versus. This is true. But it's a well, very it's, different it's a, it's a kind sport, of versus. It's a sport versus. No, yeah. I still go back to bang for the buck. Yeah. You get yeah. a great yeah, bike right. for the dollar amount. Right. And this is somebody who is buying used bikes that yeah. are not tip top and they're <clears> fixing them up. Oh, yeah. I know. A Ninja 650 and uh, do a slipper clutch conversion. You know? <clears throat> there you go. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think he wanted some fairings, though, a little bit of a fairing protection. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, Ninja 650 versus, versus, versus some fairings. Versus. Yeah. yeah. Um, No, uh, and Jim, um, so Jim has the FC6 and the FC1, and he loved that FC6, rode it, commuted, traveled, it was perfect, it had um, the hard luggage and everything, and then he um, got the FC1. He wanted the fuck you power. He wanted the fuck you power, now he's like... He said he went, uh, he, so he got the FC6 uh, fixed. It needed some engine work and uh, you know, new timing chain, stuff like that. And um, now he's like, yeah, it just feels boring to me now. Yeah. Understandable. <laughs> yeah, maybe ride an FC6 and see how it feels and see if you could deal with it, you know, if you could get it. You know what, one. though? I have respect for somebody who says this bike has too much power. Yeah. It means that they know what kind of riding they want to do <clears throat> and maybe that they don't want to get in trouble with too much power. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, there's plenty yeah. of uh, good naked bikes out there. But, though, to choose I mean, from. if if if, if naked, a leader bike is too big, six fifties all day. I mean, a lot of us yeah. have six fifties, and you can do a lot with a six fifty. It's a really good medium. Um, so, for the second bike, he wants something similar to the Magna. Um, he says he loves the look and price range of early two thousands Honda Shadows. Mm-hmm. But he also has a feeling it won't deliver what he was getting on the 88 Magna. Mm-hmm. Um, Magna is a powerful bike. Yeah. Um, so he's also looked at the Vulcan models, the 900 in particular. 
and uh, says he's a bit lost in the cruiser choice. <clears throat> There's always the V Max. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna the say. V-Max. There's always the V Max. I like the V. I've never ridden a V Max, but I want one. They look cool. They're, they're fun. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> so I assume that we're talking about metric cruisers here, because Harley. Uh, yeah, Indian, everything you mentioned was metric. So. <clears throat> right. Okay. Because I mean, you can get some pretty cool. I mean, there are some sportsters I really like. Mm-hmm. Um. When you're going to the metric, I, I really like the Starline. <clears throat> they made some cool bikes. Um, if you're wanting a little more power, um, yeah, I mean, the VMAX, that's a dream bike for a lot of people. Vulcan, the the 900 is a pretty decent bike. Mm-hmm. It's pretty agile. Isn't there like an Intruder that's some, kind of like a big muscly cruiser too? If you want to go to some of the older bikes, the Intruder and the Marauder was mm-hmm. a cool bike. Oh, the Marauder. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, the Marauder. Um, and then even uh, you can get into um, some of the Hondas. Um, uh, what's the one that Mike has? The 1300. Oh, yeah. Oh, VTX. 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 Yeah. The VTX 1300. Yeah. Um, there, there are some cool bikes. Um, let's throw out a whammy here, though. How about a... Junior whammies. No, I'm going to say a Triumph. Oh, what do you mean like a... Uh, Triumph has a, has a cruiser. Di- it's a different... <coughs> st- well, they actually do, yeah, they have the big cruisers. Triumph has yeah. a cruiser, and a lot of people aren't familiar with them. And or you can get the cool new bike. Rocket, the 2. Point, it's, oh, they've no. updated it from 2.3 liters to 2.5 liters for this coming year. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and even Moto Guzzi, people don't often think of, but they've got some pretty cool-looking Yeah, they cruisers, make some beautiful cruisers. Like a power cruiser. Yeah. So those are some other bikes to look at, too. Um, you can't go wrong with the Japanese bikes, so... Um, I think it's really just finding one's the right fit because you're going to have uh, forward controls and mid controls. You're going to have high bars, wide bars, drag bars. Um, it's really just finding something that fits right and, uh, and then get a Corbin saddle on it. <laughs> Corbin, a Corbin saddle on a cruiser makes a huge difference. It you really know, does. the Vulcan 650, the newer one from Kawasaki, looks pretty cool. Oh, yeah? I'm into that look for some reason. <laughs> yeah. It's It's like... It's a modern it's Kawasaki's take on a modern cruiser, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, he mentioned the Vulcan 900. What does that have in it? A, a f- inline four or something? I uh, know it's using, a twin. It's a twin. Okay. According to this, yeah. Cool. Hey, not can you read that email? Yeah. All right. This one's from Matthew Curran. Uh, I think he wrote to us earlier. Uh, it's Matthew and Ryan Curran <clears throat> again. <clears throat> so after tasting the dirt, I could not stop shopping for a noodle sport. Well, a friend, of a, a friend of a friend decided to donate a 03 XT225 to me and my son. This is awesome. Yeah. And yes, I said donated. Wow. The guy said he was not even sure how long he had been. He had it uh, been since he... Oh, my God. <laughs> I give you the short email. I know. I'm, my, I'm outliving my eyes. Okay, just give me a second. <laughs> guy said he was not sure how long it had been since he wrote it, but had some... Uh, after some fresh gas and a used battery, it coughed back to life, and even has a clean title. Uh, will be good. Will it? Will be a good bike for me to. For, oh my god! <laughs> will be a good bike for me for, and him to learn on. Yes. Maybe a bit big for him, but at least teach him how to use a clutch. This mm-hmm. summer we can pick him up a DR125 and or, or a TT125. My ten-year-old son can even touch the ground while sitting on it. Okay. Okay. Cool. So do an oil change, spark plug, swapping the bar as new grips this weekend, taking Ryan out to teach him how to ride. Thanks for giving him a shout out next week, or last week. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be one at the One Motor Show Yay. at the Flat Track races in February. And she can't um, wait to meet us. He and his son can't wait to meet us, especially Miss Emma. 
Awesome. All the love. So yeah, the two twenty five may be big. His son is ten. I think so. Yeah, that. I mean, I was twelve when I started yeah. on a GS six fifty. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. look, if he can you touch know, the damn ground, I was bigger than Jeremy is now when I was twelve. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> All depends how tall he is, too. I just if he can touch the ground. Body. Well, the Dude. second bike I've rode was an R one. That was a little intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like he's got an O three XT two fifty. I'm looking at this thing, and a ten year old kid can touch the ground on this. I think I'll be. T- you wouldn't even have to worry about getting him a another bike to fit him. I think this is okay. Unless you, you know want something what, small. You know I what know. I would recommend? Maybe if you really are afraid, because uh, he is young, you could you could re-gear that. Hmm. You could you put could. a smaller sprocket. Third sprocket, yeah. To make it not so jumpy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I yeah. guess. <clears throat> I don't know. Are the 225s? I've never ridden one of those older ones. I don't know how... I think it's going to be similar to Jim's 225. It's kind of a mule. They're pretty tame, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I think that'd be great. I mean, yeah, you're planting the seed for a future rider right there. Yeah, I think for a first bike for a kid at 10 years old, you guys could have this thing for the next 5, 10 plus years. It could be that, like, bike that the mule that you just have at home that you use over and over again, you know? Bottom line, if he can touch the ground, you're good. Yeah. I think think you're good. And if he doesn't, I think this would be a good bike for him. Aren't you guys all jealous when you hear, like, of a kid who gets access to a bike because their parents are so cool? Yeah, I know. The only time I got to ride a motorcycle as a kid was when I went to my grandpa's house in Oklahoma. He let me ride his little... It was a little 125 uh, kind of UJM style bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was old Suzuki. I am envious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only time. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. cool. I wish. Uh, yeah. This is cool. Cool. I have a, a short email here from Rob Potash who says, hey, Liza, love the show. Please recommend a safe pair of road boots. And he says, P.S. I enjoyed hearing you rode through your Boston winters. I've geared up with first gear jacket and pants. Mm-hmm. Still riding. It's 22 degrees. The low record ride to work so far. Mm-hmm. Feels like skiing. We'll keep going until yeah. the snow falls. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I remember the cold. Yeah. I remember how cold it was. So recommend a safe pair of road boots. I'm going to say anything that goes past your ankles. Yeah, something with ankle protection would help. Um, I mean, anything. I mean, dude, well, I, I think yeah. I wore Doc Martens back then with uh, thick socks. Well, like anything, though, like the higher in the price range you go, they generally have more protection. I mean, something with an internal brace, that's the kind of boots I like to wear. And they typically start out at around 250 bucks, 275 And I have those for my sport bike boots and for my uh, uh, dirt bike Motard boots. Um Go try them on because you might be able to get a screaming deal online for one of these boots, but you get them and you start getting hot spots and you have no choice but to break them in and, you know, it might not be a good fit for you dimensionally. I mean, yeah, the answer is really any boot. Um, I mean, I have some very nice, expensive, um, like, ADV boots, mm-hmm. but then I also have some, like, the cheaper cycle gear, the Sedici brand, yeah. kind of lower, just touring walking boots that I wear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're going to, like, an event, I'm going to be doing a lot of walking around. Um, I mean, I, I can't really give specific you know, you know stuff, who can? considering. Jeremy, yeah. what boots did you wear to Flat Matt's? 
flat, flat mats, mats bad track. Yeah, flat mats bad track. <laughs> well, yeah. So this is a this wasn't too well thought out. <laughs> um, so I love it when it starts out that way. Yeah. Well, I actually did think it out. I just didn't make the right decision. Um, yeah. <laughs> so recently, I just bought, I got some new, uh, pretty cheap O'Neill MX boots. Mm-hmm. Right, a Supermoto, and I wanted a little more ankle protection when mm-hmm. I go dirt biking and stuff. Um, they're really stiff right now. I'm getting used to the feel and not having ankle flex and you know so I'm like oh, I don't want to ride over the hill and it was, so I, I put my uh, my older Daytonas on which are great street boots mm-hmm. um, not quite enough support for the dirt when you're stomping the ground trying to keep the bike up <laughs> or when yeah. you're dropping a bike on your ankle um, so <laughs> depends on what you're doing if you're doing you know kind of so you, you hurt your ankle a little bit? It twisted. It's swollen. Yeah, yeah okay. it's bad. It's, but not, it's, not, it's not broken, though. Knock. Yeah. What boots do you always wear? Okay, so this is kind of how I was leading up to this. Um, <clears throat> I don't think you know where I'm leading you. Well, uh, you, yeah, I never do. Right. <laughs> 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 what I'm reading right now are the CD Crossfire 2 SRS. So these right? are pretty tall, pretty hefty. These are tall. They're hefty. Boots. They're solid boots. They're, they've got articulated joints and they're replaceable soles. And quite frankly, I think they're overpriced when you buy them new. But uh, and and they're a little stiff. But like I've been wearing them and they're great. They so how did they protection. how did they work for you on the mini bike? They were great. Oh really? Well, no, I didn't hurt my ankle. <laughs> it was my hip. Oh, oh yeah, that what it was. <laughs> Here's another thing too with boots that are um, kind of have a rigid ankle. Uh, all the movement, all the lo- like quick, heavy loading that you get sometimes, that has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. The knee. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. all that force has to travel to the knee or towards your hip. Um, or your lower back. Your lower back. But, and just keep that in mind. Um, it's not really that much of a big of a deal. It's not that really big of a deal uh, unless you're doing crazy motocross shit. Yeah, but but around town, you know, it's a consideration. Be aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I like just having something that's comfortable for the riding style I'm going to be doing and the off-the-bike style. That's yeah, why I have a right. lot of different boots. Um, uh, I stopped wearing my my dirt biking boots because they were too stiff, and I used my my adventure boots yeah. for dirt. But then I have my cheap adventure boots that I use on other I mean, it just depends. Find something that's comfortable. Yeah, I, it's, it kind of sucks that there isn't really one all-around kind of boot that you can yeah. use. I mean, <laughs> my Daytonas are pretty good all-around. Daytonas are yeah. pretty good boots. Um, Daytonas like are the pretty more good, though. Oriented, not the racer ones. The racer right. Ones are, yeah, yeah, but because depending on what you want to do with a motorcycle, you know, obviously it starts getting more specific. You like you have race boots. You have tons of ankle protection. You have sliders that can come off. Uh, you have ones with like an inner boot lacing mechanism to keep it. They got thinner soles so you can feel the pegs. Yeah. And if you're doing ADV shit and you want soles with lugs, you know, and, and, and big old pokey things. I like those hipster boots that come in like the the tan leather and then have this <laughs> the clips on the sides. Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. yeah. I think cool. Mason had some, right? Yeah, yeah. I forget what they're called. Dan or none. Because uh, <clears throat> those are like urban boots to me. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for somebody riding in Boston, that is very well, urban, a lot of city riding. This might be controversial. A lot of people hate on the riding shoes, right? Yeah. But I, I had a pair that definitely saved my ankle, like bashing into a quarter panel of a Corolla. Ooh. Um, yeah. It saved my ankle. There was Above the boot was bleeding. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. everything underneath, nothing broken. Mm. It was all fine. Um, yeah, they... Uh, <laughs> I totally forgot I was going with this. <laughs> oh yeah, no, but they they do protect better better than like a tennis shoe, which is just gonna fly yeah, off. Yeah. They, they got to be high top. They got to have the plastic pucks over your ankles. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it helped a bit. You know. Well, you know what goes under the boots? Socks. Socks. 
And uh, <laughs> now e- Bagel has an email to read yes. that involves socks. It does. It does. And this is from Katie Hall. And this is titled, Hugs and Kisses from Down Under. Hey, Katie. <laughs> Katie writes, hi, Liza. Just wanted to give you and the gang a big thank you. Not only has this year been made all the more better by having your company, especially during those long, boring days at work, I've just received the prize pack I won on episode 283. I had to send the prize pack down to Australia, yep. which I and sorry, Katie, I had a whole lot of shit in there and it's going to cost me $100 to ship it. <laughs> so I had to pull some of this stuff out of there. Yeah. She's, she writes, I'm sorry about living so far away with the shipping and all, but not sorry enough to tell you not to send me more shit in the future. Yeah. <laughs> by, yeah. the, by the way, I'm totally keen on getting the new shirt being designed by the one and only Knox. Yeah. Stop it. You rock, oh, well, by it the way. beautiful. I've seen the sneak peek. You Ooh. seen it? It's all right. Seen it. And he says, and she says, and I'll even pay for the shipping myself as requested. But seriously, riding motorcycles has always been in the back of my mind, though not something <clears throat> that was ever for me. <clears throat> for whatever reason that, that I was taught growing up, uh, or for whatever reason that I was taught when I was, while I was growing up, your podcast, along with a few other things, played a big part in changing that perception and to not be so afraid to try it out. Mm. Needless to say, I'm hooked. My bank account might not appreciate it, but I certainly do. Anyway, thanks for turning up and sharing the shenanigans. I know it must be hard work sometimes putting these things together, and it is very much appreciated by not only myself, but many other listeners as well. Hope you and all the misfits stay safe out there, and I look forward to hearing from you and the gang in the new year. Thanks again, and happy holidays, Katie Hall. P.S. I'm still waiting on my Law Tigers condoms. Don't make a liar out of knock. (laughs) Did I offer out Law Tiger condoms at one point? Because that's a great idea. <laughs> so Katie, she got the uh, Evil Knievel socks in that pack, and she sent us a picture of her foot in the socks. Yep. I love my Evil Knievel socks. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think we've got time for one more email. All right. right. I've been saving this one. Oh? Yeah. Controversial! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, this is from our friend for right now, Scott Brown. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> conditionally, conditionally our friend right now. And oh it's boy. titled, Tired of the Harley Bashing. Oh, again, was it? I feel like I've heard this one before. I think we might have <laughs> heard a variant of this kind of email <laughs> yeah. 50 times over. It says, guys, I really enjoyed listening to the podcast. Been listening for a while, but lately <laughs> I'm getting really tired of all the Harley bashing. Yes, I ride a Harley and I do about 30,000 miles a year on my current Ultra Limited, which nice. I just rolled over 100K on it. Nice. I've had a couple of Harleys and put over 100K on both. And I've, I've never had any major mechanical problems. I don't really understand the Harley bashing because I don't really care what you ride as long as you're out in the breeze on two wheels. Mm-hmm. I have owned other brands of motorcycles, and they all seem to work pretty well, although I had a Kawasaki KX125 that constantly had mechanical issues. I was thinking about being a patron uh, listener, but after the last Harley bashing that Liza did, Ooh. I probably will not. <laughs> oh, You should double it, actually. There are, <laughs> you should double whatever you wanted to there do. Are Bad apples in all groups, but you shouldn't lump everyone together in the same basket. Just my two cents. Take it or leave it. Well, <laughs> we can talk about this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, Here we go. Oh, should I take it or should I leave it? Well, you know you're gonna the, fucking the take it. You're just gonna take it. <laughs> don't, don't don't build up the suspense. <laughs> We're here so, already. Here's the thing. 
Uh, so this was uh, our last episode. <clears throat> Bagel, do you remember any Harley bashing in that last episode? Anything come to mind? Hmm, I don't mm. really recall. Is it I that mean, we so casually so do so casually that we don't remember? Do you remember any Harley? We we might have said something about style and like something not being stylish, and and there was a reference to uh, the motor company or something. I don't know. Vaguely, I don't I remember. Don't, I don't remember. Tractor or something. Yeah. I don't I, I don't remember. But here's the thing. <clears throat> We bash a lot. We bash. We bash scooters more than Harleys. Mm-hmm. And by we, yeah. I'm gonna say I, me. We bash Everybody. Ducatis. <laughs> oh we yeah. Bash. I mean, it's we are equal offenders here. Yeah. Is we, it, we bash them all, but for some reason, <laughs> it's only the Harley people that take offense. Liza, are you saying that Harley riders are special snowflakes? Uh, how deep do we want to go into the psychology? I mean, is it actually bashing? It's just a good-natured ribbing. I think it's good-natured. You yeah. know, I, have a, I ride with a lot of people that ride Harleys. And, sure. You know, some of them fit the stereotypes and some of them don't. You know, mm-hmm. it's just... It's just I ride a Motard. I'm an asshole. Yeah, no. You know, <laughs> right? like, I think it just tends to be that most people just garage. We live by the mountains. We tend to get more agile sport bikes and supermotos and stuff. Yeah. And don't tend to do longer touring stuff in the car. So, and just a reminder, I I think I am allowed to bash Harleys if I want to because... This is kind of true. I have owned them, Uh and I actually have two Harley tattoos. Mm. I didn't know you had two. That's right. Wow. She also has a battleship across her back. I do. Y'all don't know this, but... (laughs) Wait, what? No, she doesn't. Though... It would be a lot cooler if she did, though. I'm just going to say, I have one on my arm that goes from my wrist to my elbow, and it is lined with flames mm-hmm. as if I'm riding my bike and flames going down and it's <laughs> wow. sick so 90s and it says in French motard pour la vie uh-huh. motorcycles for life biker for life yeah okay because that's Euro trash not Harley trash <laughs> so technically though it's biker for life yeah. right yeah. I mean that's a pretty Harley style with the flames going down right yeah brother it's, it's a lot less trashy because it's in French exactly but then um, on my right bicep I actually have a Harley Davidson uh, tattoo. Do you know what I'm talking about, Bagel? The logo? The shield logo? No, no, no. Oh. Okay, hold on. Oh, Ugh. man. See, Uh-oh. look what you did. She's having to take off her sweatshirt now. She's, She's showing tell time now. God damn. Hold on. We gotta suffer all this. Hold on. So, this was actually the first... Uh, that was your first bike, wasn't it? Or your how first many sleeves no, no, no. do you have? <laughs> this was actually the first tattoo on this arm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have a whole sleeve. But, yeah. Bagel. Yeah. What do you see right here? That looks like a uh, Harley gas tank, handlebars, and speedometer. There you go, right yep, there. Yep, I've yeah. seen that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was your first The first tattoo one. on this arm wow. was yeah. the viewpoint from the rider of the gas tank, the handlebars, and, and the view of the desert sunset. I thought um, it would be like an Indigo Girls for Life kind of thing. <laughs> 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 <'Cause> I'm wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> there is an Indigo Girls inspired tattoo on there, too. I knew it! I fucking... <laughs> Um, no i've i've lived the life i've got the chaps i've done it and what i always say and i'm just gonna say it again because i have to say it over and over i don't have a problem with harleys i have a problem with the the riders (laughs) 
and specifically the bikes are not on. taking offense to your bashing yeah. the writers are <laughs> hold on it's not the gun right it's the it's the, the shooter or is that, is that the, the logic behind that no I specifically make fun of the LARPers the LARPers oh, yeah. Hey. Yeah. I yeah yeah I get you yeah no 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 I get I you. I cannot tell you I have the most respect for somebody who has a Harley in their garage and then like a dirt bike and a scooter and especially you when know? you ride the fuck out of it too because this yeah. is somebody who just wants kind of like the best of each kind of style oh yeah right. like um, they recognize different riding styles and there's somebody somebody who can go from a Harley to a scooter they're not in it for the image they're mm-hmm. in it for the the love of the bike yeah mm-hmm. and, right. and the ride mm-hmm but there's so many people that get a Harley because they're buying into the image. And, and that's what I call the LARPers. But I've also explained it. I also I get it because when you sit on a big twin, you feel amazing. Yeah. Power. You feel really cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm it's, okay oh with my the God. LARPers, though. You know what like, it is? Whatever, man. It's the ring. With the ring. The what? It's the ring and Gollum. Oh, the one. The precious? Precious? It's precious. Oh, my God. No, I think um, there are some people who just love biking, and um, uh, and sometimes they want one of the best, and Harley may be one of the best, uh, you know, for, for a, if you want a cruiser. For a cruiser, mm-hmm. right. Really, them. It yeah, is. It but then the there are some people that are buying for the image, mm-hmm. and I think these are the people that really get, take offense and, when we make fun of it. And, Come on, we make fun of everyone, but you take offense because I think maybe we see beside the facade, behind the facade, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you're just a regular person when you're off your Harley. Everybody is, Mm -hmm. but when you get on it, you feel fucking badass. And I know for some people, that may be the thing they they need in life that really elevates them and makes them feel badass. Mm -hmm. It's just when that carries over, I kind of call bullshit. Even into the like the Harley branded outfits well, and when people argue and, and tell me that their Harley is a performance bike and they can ride as fast as I can in on, in the twisties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, the no, only person I've seen put it no, down pretty no, no, hard no. is Howard, and still, yeah. <laughs> you know, no, and he'd be faster on a different say bike like, too. <laughs> are you kidding? I, I I know people can wheelie and do everything you can do. It's like. Mm, there are exceptional riders who can ride a a big twin as hard as uh, somebody can on a lightweight performance bike. It's not a performance bike. It's something else. Yeah. But it is something that is pretty fantastic. So, and that's why I kind of take offense when people accuse me of Harley bashing because I have great respect yeah. for the machine. Right. But to your point earlier about saying that it's not just Harleys that you're bashing, for example, you can draw a parallel to the BMW world. You know, there are some people who, who ride the shit out of some BMW bikes. All the way to Starbucks. <laughs> well, but then there are the Starbucks crew, you know, who've got, know. who buy, who put on their aero stitch suit to go to the, go to Starbucks. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a different outfit, but, you know, those people, get bashed too, right? Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so, my, my take is it's I make like, high-vis jokes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, life is too short to be uh, getting offended about what people say about your bike, man. You know, just just roll with it. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't fucking just matter. Fucking ride it, man. Even if you are into it for the image and you know what? And you make it feels good to do it. Well, who, who cares? Just do it. Just, you it's, know. It, I mean, for me, it's simple. Harley Davidson is, and Big Twins. I always say Big Twins because I, I like um, Harleys. Uh, I mean, I like Indians and Victories, too. Um, 
big twins are amazing bikes, but they're not the best at everything. Mm-hmm. And they're not would the only thing. Bike. And that's the thing. There are a lot of people who subscribe 100% to that riding style. And don't be afraid to have a Japanese bike or a scooter or, you know, have a get, try different things. Variety yeah. is what I have the most respect for. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of the people, the Harley riders that come to our shop, like Howard, like Michael, you know, they Fucking also Sigalin. Sigalin, mm-hmm. they yeah. also will ride other things. Yeah. Like, like we were talking earlier with, with Kat, you know, the right tool for the job. You know exactly. So I, I'm I'm not going to apologize for you taking offense, but I'm going to say lighten up because we're not singling out bikers have feelings too. You know, <laughs> I know. And hey, you can take a jab jab at us too. We all make fun of ourselves. All the sport yeah. bikers, Power Rangers. You know, like <laughs> we, must, have at it. <laughs> we mostly do dumb shit anyway, so you can't really. Why you know is I mean? it? Come why on, is it you don't. Asians only ride uh, Japanese bikes? What's up with that? <laughs> Because we're racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for sending it in. Yeah, uh, thanks. You know, the only thing I'm sorry is that you're not willing to support us because, hey, we're, we're doing this every week, and these guys came out in the rain to come do this show today. So, if anything, I want to say thanks to Jeremy Nock and Bagel for coming out in some we really shitty weather because the show must go on. Absolutely. On that note, I think we're ready to wrap this up. Um, we should have more of the crew back next week. Emma wanted to be here, but it is, you know, an hour ride in really shitty weather. Yeah. And, um, I think everyone is still winding down from, from the holidays but yeah we're going to be getting back into it and we have a guest next week we do we do and i'm just going to say usually i don't announce a guest because sometimes you never know what's going to happen mm-hmm. but uh serge, you're such a hype man serge gish is coming down nice. from city bike magazine that's cool. it and for those who don't know serge had an accident last year and he has been uh waylaid he's he's getting better though serge. right his accident he is, um, but you know it's unfortunate because mm-hmm. there's people like uh, Serge who just keeps having like issues and and infections and has had a really mm-hmm. hard time from recovery, and um, j- and just like my friend Charles who was at Flat Track, he too has been having like a year long recovery and um, dealing with like MRSA and like oh, all sorts of things. Charles Statman, he yeah. still has a really hard time with his leg, mm-hmm. and he's been oh, on really sucks. severe antibiotics. Yeah, I'll and fuck then you up too. Um, we also. Have have uh, one of the chick standers my friend michelle her boyfriend ron when we went to pakistan in september of 2017 he got in an accident and he, his leg is still in a halo yeah september no of 2017 wow yeah he also it was another thing and none of these were like terrible accidents that were life-threatening yeah. but it was something about like falling the right way and breaking a leg and yep. just mm. having a really rough recovery and with ron um part of his bone died mm. in his leg wow and they actually what they did is they had to cut the section out shorten his leg mm-hmm. put him in a halo and they stretch it yeah. day by wow. day oh, to painful. grow the bone. Man. Jeez. And it's, um, you know, we have to be reminded, it's not always about going out there and risking your life. And it's not always just about risking, like, a broken leg or ankle. Sometimes it can be a really shitty, rough recovery. Yeah. So 
Serge is going to come in. He's going to talk about what's going on with City Bug Magazine, but also we're going to hear from him about what he's been going through. And, you know, does that really change somebody from um, not wanting to get back on a bike, I wonder? Some people it does. Some people it won't. You know, depends. It, it's it's a hard thing. So things um, to consider. Yeah, I'm looking <clears throat> forward to talking to him. And even Z, who was with us last week, mm. um, her leg bends in a new direction now. A new direction? A new direction. Oh. Yeah, talk about double-jointed. Oh, that's not good. Mm-mm. 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 It goes sideways now, too. Oh, no. So she's pretty sure she's got more damage than she thought oh, from getting geez. run over by the car. And, yeah. Um, hopefully... Uh, we're going to get her in. She'll she'll tell her story eventually, too. But um, she's having a hard recovery also. Well, mm-hmm. you know what? I take it back. Z has a great attitude, and it hasn't stopped her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she's got more stuff she's going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So all these things take into account. We'll hear Serge's story next week, and I'm sure it'll be a kind of a stark reminder for us all about the risks we take. And this is somebody who was doing the right thing and wearing the right gear. Mm-hmm. So... Um, We'll, we'll hear from him. But on a lighter note, go to one show. If you're going to be there, check out. Uh, look for us there. We're probably going to be the ones acting a fool. <laughs> Except for Knock. Yeah, I'm, I'm always serious. Actually, completely humorless person in life. Super serious. Super serious. Dude, they have, they have like bars there, you know. I know I got I got coffee. <laughs> I got a coffee there once. Wait, good. what? What do you mean? Bar? Don't most places have bars? Like, oh, well, this is a were they unique serving? show. Is it like in the middle of nowhere? No, it's in an old abandoned building. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, it's like a pop-up motorcycle show. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, yeah and party. It's great. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> and I guess we're just going to continue having fun, and look, looking like idiots on our mini bikes. <laughs> now that we have the backyard track at gyms, I'm like, I want to come over and ride. <laughs> 25 cents. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, on that note, I think we're ready to get out of here. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and especially thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. Um, January 1st came around. That was my deadline for anyone who wanted to come in at $5 a month supporting us and get a free T-shirt. And I'm just going to say I haven't ordered the shirts yet, so I'm going to extend it. Yeah, she's collecting names and numbers. For one more week, if you want to come in at $5 a month as one of our subscribers, you're going to get a free T-shirt. And um, yet, not did design it. But I, I like it. It's rad. And it is a black t-shirt, which I said I would never I did get. the front. You don't like the rear? I like the rear. Okay. I'm just saying I did the front. Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thank you again to our Patreon su- subscribers. And thank you to all of our listeners for hanging with us. On that note, I think we're ready to get out of here. This is Liza. Bagel. Bing, bang, bang, bing, bada, bang, bing, 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 bada, bing, 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 bing. And Jeremy. Bing, bada, bing, 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 bing. And we're out of here. Cool, cool.